Praise the Lord. God bless you. Tonight is Bible study night. It is Thursday. And this is the time where we at Love of Jesus Deliverance Evangelistic Center Community Church join together to study the Word of God. Knowing that there is power in the Word of God. Believing that the scriptures have been inspired by our Almighty God. We're in this book we call the Bible has lasted for from centuries to centuries, decades to decades, and we know that it still stands. It has not yet gone down. So we're just grateful that we have the opportunity to study the Word of God so that we can hide His Word within our hearts so that we can be pleasing in His sight and so that we make sure that our actions and our deeds represent who He is as we study the scriptures as they give us definition and understanding as to who we are to be as his children, as his sons, and as his daughters. I'm going to go ahead and get started in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you and give you honor for all that you have done. We thank you for keeping us. We thank you for covering us. We thank you for allowing us to come into this time and space to study your word so that you can speak to us, so that we can get to know more about you. And so, Father, we just thank you that we have the ability to draw nigh to you as you draw nigh unto us. Now, Father, we ask for clarity. We ask for uh, those who are tuning in, whether it's in the present or in the future, that you would give them deep understanding of your word. Father God, you are the potter I am, but the clay give me your divine word to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, the word of God, it edifies the soul. It helps us to remain uh, centered. Um, it, it, it increases our faith and it allows for us um, to build our spirit, man, so that we are strong. Because we know that we're in the world, but we're not of it. We are spiritual beings um, and our flesh is what contains our soul. Wherein sometimes this flesh is conditioned to um, react to the things of the world. And sometimes this flesh will cause for us to um, fall short when our spirit man is not strong. That's why it's important that we make sure that we are constantly practicing our faith by studying the word of God, by praying, by uh, uh, fasting. These things give us the strength that we need in order to sustain. So that's why it's really important that we take time out to study the word of God, whether you do it um, collectively in a group or whether you do it on your own personal time. But it's very important that we study the word of God, because when life troubles and trials come our way, we have something to fall back on. You know, uh, when we feel alone, we can we can remember the word that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When we get angry at somebody, we can remember the word that says, be angry and sin not. When we, when, you know, when things just begin to feel like we're overwhelmed, the word can come back to our remembrance where it says, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help, knowing that my help is coming from the Lord. So it's a powerful thing when you study the word of God. So tonight, um, I know we have been studying the book Kings, but I just really felt on my heart to just kind of like, and I've been doing that toddling back and forth, back and forth between first Kings. And then, you know, as the Lord leads, um, you know, giving different topics as he drops it into my spirit to share with you all. And that's what I'm going to do tonight. And I want you to go to the book of Psalm 84. And just before I get into the uh, the word, I want you to think about a special place that you go to um, on occasion. It's something, uh, it, it's a place that you go to and it's something um, that you do, but you have to prepare for it. Um, it's not something that you do every single day, 
but it's a part of your life routine where maybe you say every six months, I have to go to this place. It could be the beach. It could be your summer house. It could be a relative's house. It could be um, to visit a friend that may be in another state. But you know that it's something that you do that's a part of your lifestyle, but it's something that you're not able to do, let's say, every single day. You can't do it every single day. So what eventually happens is that, you know, you start thinking about it. So let's say it's a vacation spot and, you know, every summer you go, let's say to Florida and it's like a longing. You, the, the winter time, you know, you're just saying, OK, you're going to work this, that and the other. And then you start saying, wow, I can't wait till vacation season so that I can hit Florida, enjoy the sunshine and, and enjoy the beaches. Just, you know, if you like Disney World, enjoy going to Disney World. And you have a longing, you have a longing to be there. You have a desire in the heart. And you, in, in all things, not that you're making it your priority, it's just that you know that it's going to be a destination that you are going to choose to go to eventually to relax, to enjoy, to, to rejuvenate. And when you're thinking about that particular place, it gives you a longing. It gives you a desire just to say, okay, what do I need to do to prepare to make my trip better? What do I do um, so that when I am there, maybe there's a special restaurant or maybe there's a special place I want to go to visit. Maybe it's a theater. Maybe it's a, 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 a sports arena. Whatever. What do I do? I got to save this amount of money. You start budgeting and you start... And all of these things, once again, it leads up to you longing and desiring to eventually get to that place of destination so that you can enjoy it. Well, with our Heavenly Father, there's a longing to make heaven our home. And while we are here yet on earth and we're planning to make heaven our home, there's a longing for the things of God in the believer's heart that should always be apparent, that desire to draw close to God, that desire to want to be in his presence, that desire to want to grow, that desire to want to go from glory to glory. It should be a longing. It should be a desire where within ourselves, we understand that, yes, heaven is the, the destination where we want our souls to spend eternity. But even while here yet on earth, the things of God, we should have a desire for them. A longing for them. And you know why? For the simple fact that when we long after God and yearn after God, once again, it brings us closer into his presence. It strengthens our bond and our relationship with him. This particular Psalm 84, the psalmist basically experiences a longing for the presence of God. And the presence of God is symbolized as we go into the scripture it's symbolized as the temple of Jerusalem. That longing, the psalmist, he had a deep longing for the presence of God. You have to question yourself. How much do you yearn after God? How much do you, you how much do you really sometimes, like, you know, you're sitting, you could be doing your work. You could be doing your house chores, going to get an oil change. And then just something just hits you. And it's just like, you have a song in your heart. You you have a, 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 a you have a pulling and a drawing to just say hallelujah, Lord. I thank you for this day, and Lord, I just give you glory. I, you just get a praise in your spirit. 
That's because you're longing for the presence of God. You're longing and you're yearning to be with him. I know for the month of um, January, during the holiday season, I caught COVID. I was the only one in my household that caught it. Everybody else, fine, nothing. And man, when I caught it, I didn't know what was happening. I really didn't. Um, I felt like my brain was sizzling, like it was falling, the, 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 it was falling out, off of its space, like it was sliding back. You know, I had chills and I had this annoying cough. And it was just like, oh my goodness, what's happening? What's going on? I had went to um, the urgent care and they can't, they saw me in the back. And I was looking, they said, are you vaccinated? I said, yes, I'm vaccinated. They said, fully vaccinated? I said, yes, I'm fully vaccinated. And so there was one nurse, she was, you know, off to the side. And then there was another nurse and he came and he was so jolly. And he looked at me. He said, oh, you're going to be okay. He said, I don't want you stressing anything. This, that, another. Yeah, that, yeah, you're going to get some symptoms, but it's going to act last. It's going to last about three days. That's what he said. Three days. He said three days. And he said, you're going to be okay. He was like, you're going to, because I guess he saw it when, when they took the test and the results came back. I'm sitting there like, how in the world? I wear my mask. I wash my hands. I'm vaccinated. How did I catch this? And I'm thinking, and he could see it. And you know, in that moment, yes, I'm still a woman of God, but let's be real. All of us, when, when things happen, we say, whoa, what happened? What? We question things. Normal. Until the spirit of God steps in. When the nurse turned around, because he was sideways towards me, his badge said, Emmanuel. We know what Emmanuel means. God is with us. And when I saw his name tag, I started to chuckle and I was like, I'm going to be all right. Because his name, of course, brought my attention to the Most High God. God is with us, Emmanuel. I took my paperwork. I got it. I went home. I isolated myself. And I said, you know what? God is with me. I'm going to get through this. And in three days, I'm going to be all right. And exactly that's what happened. The yearning and the desire it comes with the anticipation of knowing when things begin to hit you, the recall of who God is. Just that one word, Emmanuel, it gave me the recall to let me know that God was with me. And because I knew that, now the yearning for his divine healing power began to hit my consciousness, wherein I was able, despite me being sick at that moment in time, it gave me the strength to say, I am going to be all right. It's going to be okay. There are things in life that are just going to hit us, but it never should stop us from yearning to walk with our Heavenly Father, to talk with Him, to recall what He did for us years ago. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. He can do it for us, do it for us again today in whatever situation that we're going through. So this psalmist, he had a longing for the presence of God. And every word or every deed that we we do, I say it all the time. You see that scripture, let the words of my mouth, meditations of my heart be accepted on that side. Oh, Lord, my redeemer, my Lord. Okay. So everything that we do, even when we're in challenging times, it never should break you yearning to be close to God. I can have so I have so many stories because you know in ministry. People always just like getting behind a pulpit. They think that's where the work is. 
the work is not behind the pulpit, honestly. You know, you do your sermon, and I'm, and I'm not taking away from it, but real ministers of the gospel, when you visit the sick, when you visit the shut-in, when you're there to give someone their last rites and you're holding their hands and you're ushering that soul onto glory as they are transitioning, that when you're feeding the hungry, when you're out on the street in the hedges and the highways and you're witnessing and you're evangelizing and you're telling everybody, that's the work. And that's the work that keeps us yearning after the things of God because it's only by his grace that he gives us the ability to continue to do the work. That's why it's so important that we understand that everything we say and do, it should bring us in connection with God. It should keep us yearning after the things of God. When we have an experience with God, when God does things for us, he performs miracles. He makes ways out of no ways. You, you, you sitting and you say, I don't even know how I got to this job. You thank God. You just say, thank God. Thank God I'm here. People, people suffer through this thing called imposter syndrome, where in God puts them in a place, opens up a door of opportunity. Then they question and they sit there and say, I don't, I don't think I should belong here. Come on. If God opened the door for you, if he opened that door, no man can shut it. No woman can shut it. If he made that opportunity for you, people may look at you and think they can do your job better than you can do it. You sit in all the confidence of knowing that Jesus, God, he had your name on this particular thing. And can't nobody else erase it, move it or challenge it. See, because what God has for you, it's for you. Imposter syndrome. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I'm not. But you're here. See, that should be a yearning and you knowing. But wait a minute. I know I may not be all capable, but I'm here. I'll give you an example. I'm going to get to the word. I'm going to read it. There was this uh, young lady and she has a position. She has a position. Um, she's the president of an organization, a very important role in her community. She's born, she was raised uh, in the community. You know, um, she wasn't from any affluent family, just a typical average citizen. Young girl went up through the school system, said, when I get older, I want to work on this in this particular organization and do this kind of work. God has exalted her. Not only does she does the work in the community, she also works in government. So she, God has blessed her. She, did, she didn't have all the accolades as some other people with degrees and this, that, and other. Just her willing and her longing to say, I want to do something to improve my, my community and improve the things that pertain to my city, my town. So, okay, God exalted her. Here go the naysayers. I don't know why they gave her that position. She, she just don't have it all. And I was sitting there and I was listening to them talking the same time I was saying, mm-mm. I was pleading the blood because I don't like gossip. Gossip. I was pleading the blood and I was like, mm-mm. And I said, you know what? See, they don't know. God had all of that planned and mapped out from her, for her before she was even placed in her mother's womb. God had mapped things out for her. The only thing she had to do was walk in it and accept it. And that's what she did. And then God exalted her in due time. Don't put your mouth on nobody. You look at, oh, she don't talk right. She don't dress right. I don't know why she got that. You know what? She there. Always remember this. Promotion comes from above. Good things come from above. God puts the king in position. And we're going to use that word king as leader. 
Whatever leader that has been placed in the place, whether good or bad, that's what we were studying in the book of Kings. You had some good kings and you had some bad kings, but they served a purpose, right? God places individuals where they need to go. Keep your mouth off of them. Stop saying, oh, I could do a better job. Because I tell you, half the time when you walk in somebody else's shoes, if you ever have to really walk in somebody else's shoes, you would say, here, I give them back. So it's so important that we have an understanding that where God has placed you, what God has done for you, that should keep you in a place to want to yearn after him. When you are in leadership, I'm talking about feeding the hungry. I'm talking about ministers. When you're uh, that doing the work of ministry should keep you in a place to yearn after the things of God. Let me explain it. Let me break yearning down once again. We were out of church. This is the reason why I talked about the me having COVID. We were out of church basically for the month of January. Because, of, of course, I didn't want to go and, and, you know, cause for anyone else to get infected. I didn't want to go and, um, you know, um, just be in a situation that would bring harm to anyone else or any more harm to me. So I, I stayed home and I said, listen, everybody, let's stay home. Let's let's get this um, Omicron variant, the numbers to go down, and then we'll come back into church. But I tell you this every week. There was a yearning every week. It was just to be around the people of God, to to be to to laugh and talk and to to share. Even even if we fussing with one another, we know that at the end of the day, we're going to love on one another. Even if it's just like, you know, us spending time and we just talking and it's just like, you know, for sometimes at the church when we have service, it don't be anything for us to do. But we just love being in one another's presence. And we remain and we linger around just a little bit longer. The yearning is there. You know why? Because the love of God, it flows from bosom to bosom. So it makes us excited to see one another. It makes us happy. Oh, brother, brother such and such came to church. Oh, deaconess came to church. Deacon came to church. Elder prophet came to church. It makes us yearn for the love that flows out of our beings one toward another. There's a yearning, a longing. Do you yearn after the things of God? Do you yearn to be in his presence? Do you yearn to be around his people? This is so important for us as we build our characters, as we sojourn this earth as true men and women of God, as the sons and daughters of the Most High, that peculiar people, that holy nation. It's important that we maintain ourselves in a place where we're always yearning after the things of God. I started seeing people who say, oh, I love the Lord, this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other. Look, I've come to the place, if you like me, you're going to love me. If you don't like me, you're going to leave me alone. But it's okay, because for me, I'm going to love you, and it's nothing you could do about it. But I cannot sit and keep seeing things and not speaking on those things that make the church look like a mockery. You have these ministers out here with taking pictures on Instagram with cigars in their mouths. You you have women uh, ministers and, you know, they have uh, outfits on that's, you know, showing that, that it's not modest and it's showing body parts and things. And you want to stand up and you want to hold the Bible and preach the word. It's not a thing of judging, but it's a thing of putting things in order. We have to make sure that we do things in decency and in order. When we represent the Most High God, we have to make sure we are doing things in decency and in order. 
things that are going to please God. And see, the thing is, a lot of people, they want to do things that's going to please man, that's going to catch the eye of man. Don't you know the word already has said that if I, meaning God, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. We don't have to do all of this hocus pocus stuff. The only thing we have to do is what we were told to do. Go ye and all to all the world preaching the gospel. Preach the gospel. And then everything else is going to come in line. It's not about you. The anointing is going to draw. Where does the anointing come? It comes from on high. God gets the glory out of everything that we say and do. So it, it's no need to try to force it. We don't have to force salvation. It's a gift. If you want it, you can have it. We don't have to force it. We do have to present it. And the way we present it, it should always make sure that it is lifting up the most high God. That is representing the kingdom of God. Not ourselves, not our flesh, not our own agendas, but it's representing the kingdom of God.